Welcome to the Culture Builders podcast channel, looking at how individual and team performance builds strong cultures. Hosted by Jane Sparrow and Chris Preston. You are listening to a deep dive episode. Hello, I'm Jane Sparrow at The Culture Builders, and I am thrilled to have with us today Frank Canane, regional CIO for EMEA at Sony Pictures Entertainment, and particularly thrilled to have Frank with us because we worked together a while ago now at Sony, and it's been a pleasure to continue working with him and and watch him grow his teams and his impact across Sony Pictures over the years. We're going to be talking about remote working and in particular Frank's experience remote working, some of his real golden nuggets and tips that are going to help us. And although we're recording this within a COVID-19 environment, as you'll hear, Frank has been a remote worker for many, many years and therefore has experience to share with us that is applicable right now and in the future. So welcome, Frank. Thank you very much, Jane. Thank you for being with us. Now, I know there's lots we can cover, but let's just start by giving a little bit of an introduction to people listening and ask you just to tell us a bit about you and your career journey so far. Oh, thanks very much, Jane. Um, as you said at the top, I, I work for Sony Pictures. Uh, I have been working for Sony Pictures now for just over six years as regional CIO. Uh, prior to that, I worked for Sony Electronics, where obviously we worked together. I've been there for about 14 years and covered off uh, the US and the EMEA from a regional CIO perspective. Before Sony, I spent about 10 years uh, with several business software and IT services organizations as a consultant and in a management capacity, uh, spending a great deal of time uh, all over the world, in fact, Europe, Middle East, North North America. Um, I started my career out in IT operations for a, a finance company, and uh, I then spent several years uh, within the IT organization of a major food retailer. Um, and present day, uh, living in the New Forest with my wife, Trish, and uh, do- boxer dog, Louie. Which must be particularly lovely to be in at a time when we're not going very far from our homes, I would imagine. It, extremely so. I, can, I can't tell you how blessed we are being down here. Yeah, and I know later you're going to talk a little bit about exercise and, and uh, the importance of getting outside when you're remote working. So we'll come back to that and imagine you in the new forest. But but tell us, your remote working you, you know, is, is a familiar practice for you and has been throughout your career. But just tell us a little bit about your experience and, and how perhaps it accelerated. I think um, in terms of the context of remote working, um, as, as you've mentioned, I've been doing it for quite some time, and that's largely driven by the type of work that I've been doing. Uh, in Sony Electronics, I was very much uh, on the road and undertaking a lot of international travel, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, between between Europe and the US, and indeed in Sony, a lot of travel through to Japan. So um, for the most part, I, I'd be, you know, using a uh, a Wi-Fi signal and and doing doing work constantly in the back of either a taxi or an airport terminal or indeed on a plane as many other people who travel a lot to undertake as well. Um, that coupled with the time zone differences, so you could have as much as nine hours uh, one way and nine hours the other. Uh, you know, I'd probably end up working from hotel rooms in order to get to connect with people at a mutually convenient time. So as you can appreciate, that you know, requires certain certain disciplines. Um, 
the context of the working from home and remote working changed uh, rather dramatically while working at Sony Pictures back in October 2016 uh, when I was di diagnosed with leukemia. Um, I went through uh, the treatment and, and during that time, uh, due to a, a compromised immune system and, and other post-treatment challenges, it meant I had no choice but to work from home. So it was sort of enforced on me, probably not too dissimilar to the way it's been enforced on many uh, people today as a result of the COVID-19 lockdown that we find ourselves in. So with that diagnosis in place and, you know, for the foreseeable future, uh, you know, having completed my cancer treatment and going through post-treatment recovery, uh, I was forced to work from home, uh, but at the same time, obviously trying to stay engaged uh, with the business. Yeah, and that was a that's a huge sort of acceleration, I, I guess, and change in terms of really needing to work from home. But that remote piece that you talked about earlier, I'll never forget the fact that when you would land from a, a plane ride, we would all have a flurry of, of communication from you. And the fact that you'd, you'd spent your seven hour plane ride or whatever it might be really, really connected and, and proving that it didn't matter where you were, you could work on the things that were important to you. So that made me smile when you were just talking about that. But, but smile less at the reason why you were obviously needing to work more from home and, and I would imagine that was a huge adjustment at the beginning what what did you learn when you were forced to to stay home and, and to work and connect from there it's uh, that's an interesting point um, I mean first of all you know one has to get one's head around the fact that you're going to be working from home for for a sort of a sustained period of time uh, and and really it, it more evolves into a new way of working I mean you know this is anything but working from home what we're going through right now it's more it's more like institutionalized house arrest. So uh, it's not quite like being on the road. Uh, you know that you're going to have to adapt your way of working quite substantially. And I learned very quickly that what I needed was, was structure and a set of work patterns in order to make this work. Um, and and in, some, in some respects, I could say that I've been pre-training for COVID-19 over the past few years. So my, my, current tra my transition to the current way of working that everyone's having to, to battle with over the past several weeks my change curve was rather flat, to be honest with you, because I, I had so much experience of this over the past two and a half, nearly three years. What it's also given me is the opportunity to hopefully coach my team through the transition from the lessons that I've learned. And in that respect, hopefully help their change curve or them to get through their change curve a little bit more quickly um, based on my personal experiences. So that sort of two to three years ago and that adjustment is obviously paying off now, if, if I can put it like that. But at the beginning, you must have had a, a few challenges, I would imagine, in, in adjusting and finding that new work pattern. And, I, mm. and a lot of that will be appropriate now as well, isn't it? Because you're using that in your coaching. So well, what are the kind of things that you found challenging and, and what, what worked for you that you had to overcome and, and that you're still doing now? Um, the first thing that hit me was the level of intensity. Uh, and by that, I mean that when you're working from home, working remotely, uh, you tend to find that you work in or you have the potential to work in longer blocks of time. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I fell foul of the incessant back to back meetings with no breaks in between, because, of course, everybody likes to keep a very tidy schedule. So meetings take place at the top of the hour or half past the hour. And before you know it, you could be in three hours worth of meetings back to back without a break. And, and that is very challenging. It's 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 hard enough, you know, to it, well, it's very difficult to clear your mind from one meeting and go into the next meeting on a totally different subject and with a completely different context without some sort of interim break. 
And also there's a danger that meetings classically overrun. So you turn up late for other meetings, which is, is not really respectful. So, you know, I, I, I very quickly and even today have to try and enforce it as well. We, you know, we make sure that as a team, we don't have any meetings that run any longer than 45 minutes, 30 in an ideal world. And we forcibly have a 15 minute break uh, in between meetings just so that people can recover uh, and uh, take a break, natural break or just get a cup of tea or whatever. So, um, you know, it doesn't matter if you have an untidy diary with meetings starting at odd times past the hour, um, you know, rather than at the top of the hour and at half past the hour. Yeah, so that's one it's, it's a great point, isn't it, Frank? Because that, that, that thing that we all got into, which was letting our diary and, and the fact that if we put an online diary note in it would tend to be a 60 minute long natural meeting we've got to get out of that habit because it just doesn't serve us well absolutely absolutely and the other things the other thing I noted with with um with meetings is they they need more structure um very much you require some sort of framework agenda Someone needs to actually lead the meeting and manage people's input, questions and answers, etc. And also manage the time of the meeting and ensuring inclusivity of some of the introvert personalities over the extrovert personalities. So, you know, obviously the simple basic remedy there is, is, is make sure that you have um, you know, an understanding of what the meeting is about and have a framework for it and be, you know, be mindful of time management and facilitation. Yeah, and that's a great point in terms of the the different types of personality in in meetings when you're having them online or conversations what what else have you found that works when it comes to managing those differences you mentioned introverts and extroverts because that's something we talk a lot to people about and and I'm I'd love to know what you found that works there and um, I think it's it's being mindful and using your emotional intelligence to understand that you have different personalities within the teams that's what makes up the team but also uh, to make sure that you provide checkpoints and, and allow people to have their views and have their opinions and be mindful where there are people that are not necessarily contributing. And it's something I think you have to work at and, and uh, you just get better with it over time and experience. Yeah, because it is about that awareness, first of all, isn't it? It's even even stopping to say what is the personality preference or even just the, the general working preference of each person that I'm with. And then how do I make sure I bring the best out of them in a remote way, which is, is not just going to happen by accident. If, if we're leaders, if we're colleagues, it's really important, I think, for us all to think about that and, and find ways to draw everybody in so they can contribute at their best. So really, really great point. Well, what else did you, you, you have to overcome that you're, again, finding your coaching your team on now um i think uh, personal time management you need to blend that in as well um in terms of being in a working from home state whether you're working home one day a week or in our particular case at the moment a sustained period of time over several weeks you have to have uh, a, a establish a schedule for yourself and a pattern that works for you um it's very easy to get you know a day creep where where your working day can creep into your home life. So it's a very easy habit to get into, um, but but establishing um, um, a schedule and a routine, baking in things like breaks and baking in time for exercise, as you mentioned earlier on, and some personal me time, it's really, really important that you do that. Yeah, because otherwise you, you get the risk, don't you, that you, you become less productive during the day. And it goes to our whole concept around the bank of me and this need to keep your human bank account in the black, not in the red. Because if you just sit at your desk all day, it's really, really not going to be great for you or, or for others. So, you know, good that you learned that early and that you're helping coach your people on that now. What about advice generally, Frank, for 
people going into a, a remote working environment. So obviously we, we're recording this when it's been forced for many, but but on an ongoing basis, what we're really seeing is that this is just going to accelerate a trend for more remote working. What what advice will you give people listening so that they can be effective? Obviously, at the moment, uh, we're at business as unusual during the COVID-19 period. Uh, but I would say in terms of effective remote working, obviously, there, there are lots of other uh, discussion papers and documents out there, but but sometimes common sense is never written down. But from my point of view, what's worked for me is having a, a clearly defined, dedicated space uh, within the home, uh, a place of uh, remote working and a, a place dedicated to, it, to to my specific work, ensuring that that space is um, working effectively from an equipment perspective, connectivity expect perspective, and also natural light and the environment around it. That really helps support you working from home. I think it's vital um, that you define the day and that you try as much as possible to control the day and the meeting events that take place. So don't compromise yourself or your well-being by undertaking back-to-back meetings without some element of decompressing between meetings. So it goes back again to my previous comment about establishing that routine. And it may take, you know, people several attempts. We've got, you know, different people in different circumstances. So it may take several attempts, but my advice would be to keep trying till you get a schedule and a process and a way of working that works for you. Um, Incredibly important that you're selfish in terms of giving yourself some exercise time um, and obviously between meetings, meal times and family time just so that you can uh, preserve the the whole environment. Um, When connecting with people or work groups, uh, I'd I certainly uh, suggest that uh, an appropriate communication and collaboration tool is used. Um, there are various out there on the market being used today. We use Microsoft Teams within Sony Pictures. And my personal advice is uh, to always use the video option. Uh, I think this is the best way to stay connected and to make it real. And it provides a much better set of communication cues. Uh, otherwise, it's just a phone call and doesn't have the same level of communication yeah, um, and, and that point, Frank, I mean, this is one that's an interesting one where, where I often get asked, but but what about if people don't want to be on video because they're, they're just not comfortable with seeing their face and others seeing their face? And, and I have my advice on that, which is that hopefully as people do it more, they get more confident and explaining the benefits of those non-visual cues. But But what else have you found that might work in helping people to get more comfortable with the whole notion of being on video? It's a really good point. And, you know, to your point, I don't I don't think there's a right or wrong answer there. It it is about comfort. And I think it does come with experience. Um, I think the reason I go video on all the time is really to just leave it open for people to connect. And I think if people see that you're doing it and leading that way, bit by bit, they will become more confident and eventually it will just become a way of working. And as you previously said, you know, this is going to go on for some time and it's probably going to persist even in whatever the new normal is. So it's not going away. And I think people will eventually adapt to it being a, a, a new normal. Yeah, to have those. I mean, at the moment, of course, again, in, in the environment we're in recording this, people are having their social time via via the screen as well. I, I, yes. My daughter last night was playing Yahtzee with a friend that we've sent the dice and some papers to so that they could play online to, to only children. And and I think at the moment it is, it is more extreme, but it, I can see them continuing to do that kind of thing because they do live two hours from one another and they can't hang out in the same way that they might do if they were down the road. So I do think 
many of these things in a social and in a business context will continue. And, and it's about getting these right habits now, isn't it? Like, as you say, going and taking some airtime. And I, I was with a group the other day and I, I asked people at the beginning, how are you feeling? And a couple of them said, oh, um, yeah, we're feeling, you know, as usual, the British way, fine. And and then I said, how do you feel physically? And a couple of them said, oh, well, we haven't moved for, for four hours. And I said, right, well, in that case, we're going to press pause and go and walk up and down the st- stairs 10 times. And then we'll start because otherwise your focus is just going to be hugely af- affected and impacted. So that being being selfish is almost it's a must, isn't it? It's not a bad thing. It's, it's absolutely critical to, to your working productively and effectively. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Okay. So tell us, what what is your exercise then? What is it that you do for for your exercise in between your meetings? Um, I tend to um, either do one of two things. I'm either out in the forest walking uh, a dog with my wife, Trish. Um, I'll do that a couple of times a day at the the beginning, at the end. So that'll probably cover about 10 kilometers. Or I'll go out and I'll just road run around the forest for 10 or 15 kilometers. Yeah, fantastic. Frank, we could talk about this whole area for, for hours and I and I love the fact that we've managed to to get you on and get your thoughts, experiences and really, really practical advice that people will be able to take and follow. But but what about the leadership lens? I just want to finish on that because obviously you you've led people in many different ways, globally, internationally, and therefore this this does put a slightly different spin on things if you are leading people remotely where you're not with them every day and you've had to do that now as you say for two to three years so what would you recommend for people that that are leaders in in the scenario of remote or home working thanks jen i I think several things i mean in in the context of covid19 you know working from home remote scenario uh, everyone is 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 in a different situation as i mentioned earlier on you know you've got one extreme you've got a single person maybe working in an apartment on their own no family no children no pets um almost solitary confinement and at the other end of the spectrum you've got a working family with two parents now working from home battling for the wi-fi tutoring children on a daily basis so we do have extremes and then you know dotted around in the middle of those two extremes uh, uh, is everybody else but I think it's clear to me looking at it from from my lens is that you know one size does not fit all I think each individual needs to find what works for them and and therefore as a leader you need to be able to give people flexibility uh, you need to be able to allow them to self-select and in some cases they may not be able to meet it, make meetings and they need to understand that that's okay because there's just stuff going on um, if a meeting's important enough, then there should be some summary minutes. So that individual should be able to catch up with those. Um, I think it's important as a leader to build an environment that is quote unquote safe and that there's a consensus in terms of the rules of engagement. Um, I think the other uh, important factor is to to check in regularly on the team. And by that, I don't mean your direct reports. I mean, across across your whole organisation, preferably on a one to one basis. Um, during this sort of sustained period anyway, people, I have found people really appreciate it. I'm doing that actively, um, you know, as as we speak, so to to speak. Uh, It also gives you discussion time and uh, you get insights into people that that you would not normally get. Um, The other thing that we've worked on is holding regular community meetings, uh, inviting the whole team to a virtual meeting just for general updates, snippet of information, and uh, inviting questions or inviting questions in advance of that uh, meeting in case people feel a bit inhibited to ask the, the questions during the meeting. I don't think in this situation that you can 
over communicate. And do you think that's the same even out of COVID, Frank, in terms of some of those principles that you mentioned there around checking in broader than your direct reports and really creating that safe environment? Do you feel that, that that's something that people should continue even into the future? I think it's I think it's going to be hard not to. Um, I think uh, when we return to some sort of net new normal, I think that uh, remote working and working from home will become part of our new way of working. So I think we're being given an opportunity now, if you like, to crash test dummy a lot of these ways of working and these uh, techniques that we adopt so that when we finally adapt to whatever the new normal model is, that, uh, that, we've, you know, that we're kitted out with the ability to be able to make best use of it. And to that point, what, what, hang on, what personal lessons have you learned as a leader over the COVID-19 period? To be, to be honest with you, I, I think I think you've captured my learnings already. I mean, um, I learned a lot going through the process myself through my my own experience. And as I said earlier on, my my own personal change curve for this event was actually um, very flat. Once we got over the industry wide technical issues that that the uh, that we hit here in in EMEA. Um, and, and they they came to sort of, uh, you know, all the communication components came together. I think for the most part, people have settled into it. I, I don't think I've got any further learnings to take away than those that I developed going through my initial transition and really just look at myself as, you know, coaching people now to get them up to the same level and try to flatten their curve. I love the fact you've talked about coaching a lot through our time talking, Frank, because I know that's something that's absolutely core to who you are as a as a person and as a leader. And it really is so critical when you are leading people in a remote working environment. So thank you for joining us. Lots more we could talk about, but I'm going to pause us there. And I'm going to hope that you might come back and talk to us about some other areas in the future, Frank, based on your wealth of experience. That would be a distinct, distinct pleasure, Jane. Thanks very much for having me on. Thank you. Keep well. Thank you for listening. Continue the journey at www.theculturebuilders.com.